right, well, we're in a series employed, Faith Works, and, you know, we've been working through the, the book of James, and uh, last week, those of you who were here had the opportunity to really see the reality of what we've been talking about, how faith works, and how it's been working in, uh, in the life of uh, two of our people, and, you know, how that's just led them to just a different place in their life, and ultimately a geographically different place for us, right, as we get ready to send them over to Ethiopia. Well, today... Uh, James brings us really close to home. Uh, that is, he begins talking now about one of the practical implications if you really get the principle that faith works and that it works in making you into the person God wants you to be. And so today he's going to help us understand one of the first places, one of the first steps we can take in just let, letting Christ have control of our life, letting faith work in, in our life. And uh, the place we start is with our words, keeping our words on purpose. Uh, James says in James 3, all of us do many wrong things. Isn't that comforting to know that he acknowledges really who we are? <laughs> Thank you, James. Yes. <laughs> all of us do many wrong things. We do. Okay. But if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole body. That's an awesome statement. He says, now, look, we make mistakes. Okay, we all, we all get that. We all understand that we make mistakes. But it, but it seems, according to James, that if we get our tongue under control, we can limit those mistakes. That, that if we get our tongue under control, then, then our whole direction in life can be away from mistakes and towards being on purpose. You see that? So the key for us today is as we think about faith works, well, one of the places faith needs to work in our life is to give us control over the simplest thing of our tongue. Now, the only problem with that, James understands that that is a huge task, that it's not really as simple as it sounds, getting control over your tongue. He, he gives us two examples of how difficult this thing is. He says, by putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse in different directions. It takes strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction. Our tongues are small too, and yet they brag about big things. So he gives us two images of understanding how, how big things are controlled and get direction from the smallest. He uses the example, one of them, of a ship. So I decided to throw out there one of our ships. And uh, this is one of our uh, super, it's a supersized Sunday, right? So this is one of our supersized uh, aircraft carriers. This is the USS uh, Carl Vinson. And just to show you how big this thing is, it's 1,092 feet uh, long. So that's the equivalent of what, three and a half football fields, basically? Uh, so it's 1,092 feet long. It weighs 102,900 tons. It displaces 97,000 tons. Its speed is about uh, 30 knots because it's got two nuclear power plants in it. Uh, it carries 90 winged fighter planes plus helicopters. It carries 3,200 sailors plus 2,480 flight crew to make this whole place work. And uh, this is a pretty big and awesome thing. Wouldn't you agree? 
pretty big and awesome thing. That's another view of it, right? That's not an oil rig. That's the carrier, right? That's how big it is. And there's its rudders. That's what controls the whole ship. Calm seas, raging seas, whatever the seas are, it's got two rudders in the back. And I know they look pretty big, but remember, that's the whole ship. That's the rudders. In comparison to the size of the whole ship, the rudders seem to be a relatively insignificant and small part of this ginormous ship. And yet the rudders give absolute direction to where the rest of the ship goes. James says that is the parallel experience of your tongue. That's the parallel experience of your tongue. It may be a small part of your body, but it has the power to give such influence over the direction of your life. Now, by comparison, I did some study and I found out the average human tongue is four inches long and it weighs less than uh, three ounces. Yeah, and yet, can it get you in a lot of trouble? Amen? We all know that, right? Because he said in the very first verse, nah, we all kind of get doing things wrong, right? I mean, we all know the truth of what James is talking about and the power of the tongue. He says, it only takes a spark to start a forest fire. The tongue is like a spark. It is an evil power that dirties the rest of the body and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself. James wants us to understand the power of how our tongues are used to influence the direction and the fruit that our life has. And so he'll say, but our tongues get out of control. They are restless and evil and always spreading deadly poison. So what's the key? The key seems to be for James is for us to understand not only the power of the tongue, but the need to get our tongues under control. Remember, he started by saying, listen, if you have your tongue under control, then, then you're going to be mature, right? And, and life's going to be different. So now he says, listen, here's the key. You have to get your tongue under control. Well, what does that look like? What does that mean, get my tongue under control? If, if we go back into Scripture and think about when, when was an experience when somebody had their tongue under control, I mean, right away, my first thought was, can, can you picture Jesus when he was in front of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders and on trial, and when he was in front of Pilate? I mean, I mean, here he is, bloodied and beaten. The guy's been brutalized for the last how many hours, right? And he's standing in front of his accusers, and what does he do with his tongue? Isaiah says, even long before it happens, this is the way he's going to be. It says, he was beaten down and made to suffer, but he didn't open his mouth. He was led away like a sheep to be killed. You know, lambs are silent when their wool is being cut off. In the same way, he didn't open his mouth. Isn't it incredible when you think about it that Jesus was silent before his accusers? And when he did open his mouth, he opened his mouth and said only the things that were on purpose. Right? His tongue was in total control. And when he spoke, his words were words of impact. How did he do that? He gives us the key in Matthew 12 as he speaks to his followers. 
He says, your words, they show what's in your hearts. God's people bring good things out of their hearts, but evil people, people bring things uh, bring evil things out of their hearts. I promise you on the day of judgment, everyone will have to account for every careless word they have spoken. What's going on? It seems there is this reciprocal relationship between the attitude of our heart and the words of our tongue. That the, the attitude of our heart has a lot to do with the words that end up rolling off uh, our lips. Now, you know that's true, right? I mean, when you're with your spouse and, and you know, this is the person you've covenanted to live your life with and, and you love them incredibly, and yet when you have an angry attitude in your heart towards them, what comes out of your mouth? Right? When your heart is jealous over something or someone, what words come out of your mouth? When your heart is in a hardened kind of attitude, what kind of words come out of your mouth? I mean, we know the reciprocal relationship is true, right? That the, the attitude of our heart has everything to do with the words that ultimately flow off our tongue. And so Jesus challenges us to understand this reciprocal relationship. It means you and I got to think about and be, be conscious all the time about what is the attitude of our heart. Because once we speak those words, those words will give direction uh, to our lives. If you look at Paul in Romans, he describes this relationship, reciprocal relationship. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It's on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified, and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. Do you see the relationship? I mean, there's a relationship between what's going on in the attitude of our heart and what ultimately flows out of our mouths. James describes that kind of relationship and, the, and that dichotomy there. He says, with our tongues, we praise our Lord and Father. So that's one attitude of our heart. And if we have that attitude in our heart, what's going to come out of our mouths? Praise, right? But there's also another attitude. He says, with our tongues, we can call down curses on people. We do it even though they've been created to be like God. So we distort our view of those people. And when we have an angry heart, when we have a hard heart, when we have a jealous heart, what are the words? We bring down curses. He says, praise and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Why shouldn't it be that way? He uses images to help us understand. He says, it shouldn't be that way. Why? Well, can fresh water and salt water flow out of the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? Of course not. And a saltwater spring can't produce fresh water either. So he uses these images to understand this relationship of heart and tongue. And he says, listen, a fig tree has to produce figs. And a grapevine, well, that ought to be producing grapes. And a, and a freshwater spring ought to be producing fresh water. 
and a sold-out, totally consumed Christ follower ought to be. You see the relationship? That's the challenge. The challenge is to make sure that we understand that our hearts need to be consistently consumed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. They need to be so full of God's presence, so full of God's Word in our life, that what pours out of them pours off of our lips and into our lives. And that's what gives direction. Uh, Peter uh, gives this instruction in, in understanding this. Peter says, okay, so get rid of every kind of evil. Stop telling lies. Don't pretend to be something you're not. Stop wanting what others have. Don't speak against each other. So that's all the stuff we ought to be getting rid of, right? With, with the attitude of our heart and our tongues. Instead, he says, like babies that were just born, you should long for the pure milk of God's word. It will help you grow up as a believer. What do we need to long for? God's word. I mean, think about what we just described now. You see, if this biblical principle is too, that the attitude of our heart will, will give voice to our tongue, and our tongue will give direction to our life, then what do we need to make sure we fill ourselves up with? The power, the control, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the presence of His Word. If you look at Galatians, Paul describes that same thing. He says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit produces in us is love, joy, and peace. It is being patient, kind, and good. It is being faithful and gentle and having control of oneself. Do you remember where we started today? What was the goal? To have control of our tongues. So if we're going to have control of our tongues, the answer is right there. The answer is we have to understand we can't control our tongues ourselves. Why? Because we all make mistakes and we all agreed. We're all like that, didn't we? We all said in the beginning, yeah, that's us. We all mess up once in a while. The key is to understand the only way to control our tongues is to be in absolute submission to the presence of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That's it. That when we stay focused in filling ourselves up with the presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, with filling ourselves up with His Word, then our tongues are going to speak differently. And our tongues give direction to our lives. Jesus gives us the same insight in John 6. He says, The Holy Spirit gives life. The body means nothing at all. The words I have spoken to you are from the Spirit. They give life. Now, you remember the rudder, right? We showed you the rudder. That rudder gives direction to the ship. There's also a reality. Not only is there a relationship of our heart giving influence to our words, but our words give influence and direction to our lives. And I can prove this to you. You ready? What is it like if you get up in the morning for like 28 days, because you develop a habit then, what if for 28 days you would get up in the morning and you would look in the mirror and you would say to yourself, that has to be the most worthless human being on the face of the planet looking at me right now in the mirror. Would that have influence on how you view yourself for the next 28 days? Totally. Right? Absolutely. Why? Because our words give direction. Just like that rudder. They give direction to our life. 
And, and so the encouragement of, of the word today from James is to say, listen, understand how this works. What goes on in your heart influences the words from your mouth. But the words from your mouth, they influence the direction your life is going to take. So if we want to have control over our tongues, it is that we are ready to get full of the stuff we need to be full of so the right words come out of our mouth and our life has the right direction. Proverbs, a wisdom book, he gives us this. He says, A man can fill his stomach with what he says. The words from his lips can satisfy him. Your tongue has the power of life and death. That's direction. Those who love to talk will eat the fruit of their words. Our words are important. They're going to give direction to our life. And so what do we need to do? We need to fill up, feast on God's word. We need to feast on God's word. I mean, let me ask you the counter. What would happen if for 28 days you would get up every, mor every morning and look in that same mirror and when you see that person, you would say, in Christ I'm a new creation, the old is gone and the new has come. Would you see yourself differently for 28 days? Absolutely. And, and what did you just say? Well, you basically just said 2 Corinthians 5. You, you were just speaking the word into your day. I, mean, I want to encourage you. Try this, will you? I mean, I got you a whole list right here. It's in your handout. I got you a whole list. These are all statements based on the word of God. And if you would just go through and speak those literally... Don't just stand there and look in the mirror and go. I mean, say it in your head. No, I mean, speak the word. Use your tongue. Use your tongue because your tongue gives direction. Use your tongue and say, listen, I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. Or you look in the mirror and you go through your day, whatever it takes, and you just say to yourself, I'm humbling myself and God's going to exalt me or I, I have a teachable spirit, or, or I know God's voice and I'm always going to obey whatever he tells me, or, or I do all my work ex with excellency and, and great prudence and I'm going to make the most of my time, or Psalm 17 35, I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. I will speak forth with righteousness and praise of God all the day long. If you would do that, if you would let your tongue give direction to your life and you speak God's word into your day, your day is going to have a new direction. Your day is going to have a new direction. And your tongue is not only going to be under control, but your tongue is going to give the direction on purpose in your life. You with me? That's an awesome thought, isn't it? Now, it goes further than that. It's not just about us and having control of our tongue. But the scripture would always also say, you can speak this word into your own life, but you can also speak this word in the life of somebody else. So here's the encouragement. The encouragement is, as you think about having control of your tongue and this, this relationship between heart and tongue, tongue and direction, think also about how you can speak the word into other people's lives. You say, oh man... Does that mean I got to go around quoting Bible verses all the time? No, it doesn't mean you got to go around quoting Bible verses all the time, right? It, it means just speaking what you know to be true. S speaking what you know about what Christ has done in your life. You see, if you've got your heart in submission, you're ready to pour that out in your tongue with your words. 
And you can speak it into other people's lives to encourage them, strengthen them, edify them. And that's exactly what the Bible tells us to do. Paul says in Colossians, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let the words you speak always be full of grace. Season them with salt, then you'll know how to answer everyone. Now, we've got to be careful here, because what Scripture is not saying is just go talk to people and tell them whatever they want to hear. Right? I mean, that would be really easy. <laughs> but that's not what it's saying. It's saying, no, no, no. You've got to make sure that you speak the word in truth, but your truth is full of grace. Do you see that? That your words are layered in grace. That, that your words are layered with compassion and kindness. That, that you speak a word of truth into people's life, but you don't speak it with judgment and harsh attitude. You speak it in compassion and a loving attitude. The same way that Jesus looked at you. The same way. That he could stand before his accusers and speak only words that were on purpose. That's the way it works for us. Paul gives us the final encouragement. He says, don't let any evil talk come out of your mouths. Say only what will help to build others up and meet their needs. Then what you say will help those who listen. Try it. I mean, speak, speak, use your tongue and speak those words into your own life to give that direction. But try it. Speak the word into somebody else's life. Speak that word into your spouse's life. Speak that word into your children's life. Speak that word that builds them up and encourages them. Speak the word in truth, but layer it with grace. Speak that word that can give on-purpose direction to somebody else. Let's pray over that. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you that we have the incredible gift of our tongues and the power of words and the attitudes of our heart. Father, we pray today that, that you would just fill us so full of the presence of your Spirit that the attitude of our heart would always be in submission to you and our words would therefore always be on purpose for the kingdom of heaven. And let our tugs, tongues confess Jesus is Lord with every kind of word we speak, whether it's just looking in that mirror every day and saying, I am a new creation in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come, or whether it's speaking that same word in the life of somebody else to help them understand that with you there is forgiveness and the opportunity to live again. So, Father, we pray for your blessing on this word this morning. We ask that the tongues that have been speaking this morning would be totally consistent with what you speak and with what you desire. So use it to your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And one of the best ways that we